He's such an asshole. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Don't Kill Your Darlings. I'm Sarah. And I'm Monica. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, that's us. <laughs> that's we're both. That's it. That's exactly what it says on the shin. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, well, I survived my disastrous day. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that happened. It was such a shit show, dude. We made bad decisions today. Um, so kind of unpredictable. Yeah. So, well, no, it was completely predictable and and avoidable. It was our fault. So my my husband and I we we're redoing all of the flooring in our entire house and we we had to drive two hours away to get this flooring we had to buy 90 boxes and unfortunately we did not calculate the weight of those boxes before uh we left to drive two hours away and we got there and it was 90 boxes and we barely fit it in the truck and we were like huh the truck is like sitting really low right now like you could get on the bumper and it didn't move at all like it was as low as it could possibly go and uh we're driving home and we realized that we had three thousand pounds of hardwood flooring yeah yeah in a three-quarter ton pickup truck which is lovely which is rated to carry three quarters of a ton (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we had well over 2,000 pounds and we broke our truck. Ugh, so frustrating. Yeah. But your friends helped you out in that situation. So, yeah, shout out to Andrea and Dave and family. You guys are the best. You saved us multiple times and a couple other friends, but they don't listen. So, fuck you guys. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, the truck broke down at like. I want to say 4 30 p.m and we ended up finally getting and no one would tow us with the like no one we had to we had to get rid of the load before mm-hmm. anyone would tow us um so we had to make several trips and we broke down like 45 minutes away from our house and it just took several trips so uh yeah we broke down at 4 30 and uh it's i mean 9 30 is when we finally got like everything in the house and yeah it's not even all of it there's still like 27 boxes still left in the truck but we didn't want to deal with it tonight so yeah yeah five hours of just pure what the fuckery yeah that's obnoxious yeah well how was your weekend how was your evening um my evening was pretty good it was better than like the day itself like I just had 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 really bad nausea lately um and was running errands and was like convinced I was going to be sick while running errands um, but got, got home. Okay. After running errands and feel a lot better after more protein and a solid meal, um, uh, and not so much liquid. Um, cause, okay. Um, I sleep with my mouth open. And so I keep waking up with like a dry mouth in the middle of the night. And so I was drinking a lot of water before I even, you know, woke up. Cause I, w- I woke up like four or five times. I also snore. That's um, the worst. Yeah. And I have like three water glasses about my bed and I was just like, Oh yeah, I'll have some water before I wake up. It was a mistake. <laughs> oh no. 
Because, like, it's, like, to the extent where, like, I felt like I was, like, sloshing when I woke up. You know what I mean? Like, that weird, like, if you don't have, like, a snack kind of in the middle of the night and just have a shit ton of water, you just feel waterlogged. So that's what it was. I, I am familiar with that feeling, like, when you're working out and you drink too much water on accident and you're, like, trying to run and it's just, like, just, like... Mm-hmm. Sloshing around in there. I don't know how you can have three glasses of water is on your bedstand. If I have anything on my bedstand that does not have a lid on it, my cat oh, fucks they with have it. Lids. They, have lids. it. <laughs> they have lids. I have a Yeti um, and like a Starbucks tumbler and a Ray Dunn like spooky cup. Oh, the spooky cup again. Yes. Yeah, they all have lids. Yeah. See, that's I, okay. I was like, your cat is so much better than my cat because waffles would just fucking walk right up, see liquid in it, and just whack it. Uh, Curly does that with any kind of liquid um, if if it's visible. So, yeah. Same fucking cats. We love them. But Jesus, if you could stop fucking with our shit at three o'clock in the morning, that would be great. Mm-hmm. I've taken a sleep and got my door closed for that exact reason as well. So, <sighs> yeah, if we close the door, the cat just sits there and yowls at us and pushes the door and our door doesn't like it's not like a tight lock so like if you push on it it'll make a bunch of noises and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. obnoxious oh, well. yes oh. all the animals are obnoxious sometimes but it's okay we still love them and i yes. force them to cuddle with me good for you <laughs> thank you sometimes it doesn't go well but i force them anyway <laughs> it's tough love mm-hmm. yeah, i hear that yeah, I, I come away with scratches or people are like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, that, that's my cat. It's <laughs> Yeah, everyone, everyone, if if they have a cat, they understand. If they don't have a cat, they're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm also, um, I'm sitting on, because where I usually um, podcast from is where we had to put all the wood flooring. So I'm literally sitting on a throne of wood flooring right now. Um, and I made myself a backrest, so. Yeah, backrests are vital. There you go. Um, this is about the Hillside Stranglers. <gasps> oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yes, I'm excited. I don't know why I'm snapping. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually read a couple of books about this. One was lent to me by a coworker when I worked at a nursing home and like rehabilitation facility. And she's basically like, you like dark stuff. I think you should read this, so. That journey precedes me, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, same girl, same. Yeah. Okie dokie. So I shall dive right in. Beautiful. This is another 1970s murder situation. Um, this one is actually about serial killers. As we know, LA was rife with serial killers in the 70s. Lots of places were, but we're not going to get into the other ones. We're going to get into the Hillside Stranglers. Initially, they were referred to as the Hillside Strangler because like officials and police and people thought it was just one serial killer. But as a matter of fact, they were cousins, Kenneth Bianchi and Angelo Buono. And more often than not, they murdered together, but we'll get into everything. Into the nitty gritty. I always thought it was one too. I don't know why in my head it was one, but there's two. I clearly don't know much about this one. I see. I'm not into like, I mean, I'm into it. Don't like I'm into serial killers, but like I'm more, I don't know. I guess I focus more on like the killers that aren't serial. That's fair. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought this was an interesting case and wanted to look into it because I had already read two books about it. So I wouldn't be completely discombobulated with information because there's a lot of information. Okay. Vamanos. Let's go. So 
their killing spree lasted four months and it rocked LA at the time completely, understandably so. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And LA is Los Angeles. Correct? Yes. Okay. No, I'm an idiot sometimes. I'm just making sure. <laughs> Los Angeles. Okay, continue. So the Hillside Strangler murders began with the deaths of three sex workers who were found strangled and dumped clothed, without the clothes um, on hillsides north, northeast of Los Angeles between October and early November 1977. Um, so it started with those three sex workers, and but it was not until the deaths of five young women who weren't sex workers, but girls who had been abducted from middle-class neighborhoods that media attention and the subsequent name Hillside Strangler phrase came into the forefront. Because yet again, the cops don't care if it's sex workers. Especially during this time period. So annoying. Ugh. Like, mm. you know, there were already three dead people. You could have paid attention to it then, but no. So again, it was, was started as Hillside Strangler until I guess they got more data from more deaths. But yeah, we'll get into it. So cousins Bianchi and Wono are originally from Rochester, New York. Wono was born in 1934, and he moved to Glendale, California, at age five, with his mother and sister after his, parent, after the, his parents divorced. And according to one of the books that I read, the 1985 book by Darcy O'Brien called Two of a Kind, The Hillside Stranglers, he was, Wono was a troublemaker from a very young age. And this book was made into a miniseries in 1989, but I haven't seen it. So... Yeah. What's it called? Do you know what it's called? I don't know what it's called. It, it'll probably be listed at the end. I have notes, oh, okay. from, like further reading and research. I just, I'm, I'm oh, sure no. there's more than one. No, uh, you're good. I was just curious. I was going to put it on my list since I obviously don't know anything about this case, but I will because you're telling me. So by the time Bono was 16, he dropped out of high school and had a criminal history. For example, from some of the research I saw, he was arrested for grand theft auto, but escaped and was then rearrested. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. One of the gross parts I vaguely remember from reading about it is that Bono began to refer to himself as a ladies' man and the Italian stallion. Oh, <gasps> no. That's an unfortunate. Like, it's okay if someone else gives you that nickname because you're like a good looking Italian fellow, but don't call yourself that. Ew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ew. Ew. Okay. Moving on. He's not conceited at all. Not at all. Bianchi was born in 1951 to, it is believed, a sex worker who gave him up for adoption. And he was adopted by the Bianchi family at approximately three months old. And at a young age, he also was prone to lying, tantrums, anger, being a troublemaker. Bianchi got married at 18, but the marriage only lasted a few months. And it seems as though he judged women very harshly from what I've read, and but had like low standards for himself and that he cheated on his partners really frequently and judged them, which it's no surprise based on what he does later, that he was judgy early on. He sounds like a really stand-up guy. Yeah. He later claimed that the O'Brien book and good housekeeping magazine articles from about the case were complete fabrications about his relationships, but he's a liar and a murderer. So, so take fuck him. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. So he eventually decided to move away from Rochester and he chose California. And through his mom and aunt, he contacted his much older cousin, Bono. He was 17 years older than Bianchi. They had only met once when Bianchi was a child. I didn't know they were that far apart. 
Mm-hmm. Age. That's yeah. funky. So hold yeah. on. They're cousins? They're cousins by adoption, technically. By adoption. But one of them is, like, much older. Yes. So it's more of, like, an uncle-cousin relationship, even though they're cousins. Vibe I got. That's the vibe I got. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Bad vibes. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So even, despite the age difference, they and only had met once. Um, he let him stay at a house in Glendale until he like got on his feet or established himself a little bit. So Bianchi moved to California at age 25. So Buono was an upholsterer and his home in Glendale had a shop attached to the front where he conducted his business. Upon re-meeting Buono, Bianchi was allegedly impressed by Buono's way with women, which is a disgusting turn of phrase. Yeah. They then decide to try to become pimps. I don't, I don't know if that's the correct term, but pimps is what I've seen in all my research. Like, cause you're John, if you're a customer, but you're a pimp, if you're like facilitating it. Yeah. I want, I'm sh- there has to be a more politically correct term for it. There must be, I just don't know what it is. They tried to start some kind of escort service with them conducting it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, let's go with that. That feels more appropriate i suppose how does one even start doing that like it's so odd okay obviously that's that's not something you and i have ever considered so (laughs) no (laughs) absolutely not um so they want because they wanted to make extra money so they recruited women mostly into becoming sex workers by force through threats of violence oh one thing i saw so i guess that's part of the process of what began the strangulations and these kinds of things. So I guess that kind of answers our question, but also not. Kind of like, where do they find the women? Do they just like, are they already working? It gets worse. Oh, Mm -hmm. good. I'll explain explain how they were able to to do this. I mean, I assumed it wasn't going to get better. So (laughs) Um, these horrible cousins, Bianchi and Buono made contact with a sex worker named Yolanda Washington. She had a colleague slash friend, uh, jury's out on that one, as who sold them a quote-unquote trick list of men who had visited sex workers. Uh, it may have come from her. It may have come from the friend. It, I'm not exactly sure how they got this list of people they could potentially lure through threats, threats of violence. It wasn't above board, obviously, um, and they decided to take their anger and rage out on Yolanda Washington. October 1977, she was the first victim. Mm. yeah oh wait she was one of the first three yes oh okay okay she was one of the three sex workers first three after that they began posing as police officers Mm. with with fake badges such a common way to break the law Mm -hmm. makes me sketched out by all everyone it's fine i trust no one that's just me that's also completely valid they would pull over women at night, abduct them, take them back to the house in Glendale, and then dispose of the bodies through the hillsides of LA. That's the phrase hillside stranglers. They killed multiple women and girls. Dolores Capita, 12, and Sonia Johnson, 14, were lured away from a bus they were on by cop-looking assholes they did disguise themselves as because they showed fake badges and told the girls that there was an armed burglar nearby and wanted to give the girls a ride home for their safety. Okay. So these aren't, these are, these are the middle-class kids they started doing, not the, we're done with this um, sex workers. 
Yes, sorry. I, okay. I'm doing it a little out of order, but oh, I will, okay. we'll discuss all the victims. Oh, okay. I was just, okay. Okay, perfect. I was just. Yeah. Um, they happen to be the youngest of the victims, I think. Oh, okay, perfect. I was still on the sex worker train. I was like, there's three of them. Perfect. And then we went to a 12 and 14 year old. And I was like, I don't think I'm on the same train as you. No. Okay. Uh, so they drove them to the house in Glendale, the Dolores and Sonia, claiming that it was a satellite police station and they assaulted and killed them. And they placed their bodies of Dolores and Sonia at Dodger Stadium and they were found by a nine-year-old boy a week later. No, that poor little boy and the poor girls. Fuck, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And it was still at the time believed to be one person, like for the first half of the killing spree roughly oh yeah but so lapd had issues finding leads and suspects which sounds about right for the lapd they a little before roughly through the killing spree believed that they began to suspect that someone was pretending to be a police officer because they could overpower and control the victims because they were posing as police officers like people would trust them a little more naturally and Threaten them with breaking the law, which, especially with the sex workers, they were breaking the law, technically. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, they're posing as a person in a position of power. I mean, there's if someone came up to me in a police uniform while I was actively breaking the law, I would just assume they are police. Mm-hmm. Which is one reason, and not to ever victim blame, that if I'm suspicious of someone like pulling me over in a car and like, with the lights on and everything i you can call 911 and check if there's someone dispatched in the area oh yeah like, go to a wallet area call the police and they will tell you if someone is potentially trustworthy and dispatched in the area now that we all have cell phones yeah that's what i would do i would call 911 and like slow like way down but not like stop and call right. 911 and be like especially if it was at night i'd be like hey i'm gonna go to a well-lit area you can tell the cop following me that that's what's gonna happen and we will go there very slowly Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or go to a police station or a hospital. Yeah. 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 Um, but always, always alert the cops of, yeah. of doing so because, yeah, yeah, it could be seen as, you know, evading arrest or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you call 911 first. Mm-hmm. Don't just keep driving. <laughs> driving. Yeah. Just, just keep driving. High speed chase. High speed chase. <laughs> huh, don't do that. Don't. Nope. Mm. That is not our advice in this situation. <laughs> totally joking for the record. <laughs> Hot tips from Monica and Sarah. Um, so what the Washington Post reported in January of 1978, that speculation, and I'm quoting here, speculation that the Strangler might be posing as a police officer has been heightened by the fact that none of the victims appear to have struggled with the assailant before the assault and murder, indicating that they either knew them or went with someone they believed they could trust. Which stops. Murders continued into the late 77 and then into 78. Um, Police suspected connections between multiple other victims. Um, The next, so one victim, Christina Weckler was 20. Lauren Wagner was 18 and Kimberly Martin was 17. So police began to suspect that they had connections to one another somehow. Okay. And, and these, sorry, we're still not in the sex workers. These are right. Okay. They're older. So I just wanted to check. So people of LA were gripped in fear, essentially. 
So the last known murder of these stranglers was on February 16th, 1978. Um, Bianchi arrived at Bono's shop and saw him speaking to a young female customer, Cindy Lee Hudspeth. She'd noted that she wanted a side job making extra money. He, uh, Bono, allegedly told Hudspeth that he had a list of people in his house who always tended to have job openings and she agreed to go into the home because keep in mind, she was in the front part of the shop. The home was back. Okay. Bianchi kept her busy with small talk while Bono grabbed cord, tape, and a gag. Um, they assaulted her for at least two hours <gasps> before Bianchi strangled her. No. Oh, fuck. That would be so terrible. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, she had been seen going to her. She was going to a public shop and her very noticeable orange Dotson was still in the driveway. Uh of the front of the shop. So they put her body in the trunk of her own car. Bianchi drove it to the hills. Buono followed in his own Mustang and they pushed the Datsun off the edge of a cliff with her body inside. Oh, that is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next day, a helicopter spotted the car and alerted authorities. So final body count is, according to authorities, I think I can count, 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Buono later got angry at Bianchi because he learned that Bianchi was questioned in the Hillside Strangler individual case at this point still, I believe, because he lived in the same apartment building as Christina Weckler and across the street from Cindy Lee Hutzbeth. Oh. So that, that was the connection between them. Oh, so he's staying close to home. Mm-hmm. Someone also reported Bianchi to authorities stating that he was a su- suspicious character. Hmm. Yes. Bono got even more furious when he found out that Bianchi participated in a ride along with LAPD and asked to see some of the Hillside Stranglers dumping grounds. What an idiot. This is the younger one. Yes, the younger one. Mm -hmm. What a fucking little turd. I know. And like, I understand that revisiting the scene of the crime is a thing, but that's just wildly over the top. That's literally ridiculous. Like what, what, what a fucking turd. He's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Buono told Bianchi to leave California or he would kill him. So he moved to Washington state. Now, here's where it gets different in terms of body count, because he moved to Washington state in 79 and he alone enticed two women, Karen Mandic and Diane Welder to the house in exchange for earning money house sitting. This is so he, that would be like a revert to it just being a potential one strangler. They weren't working together anymore at this point. I see. I That's see. That's why I lost count a little bit. Sorry about that. Okay. Nope. That makes sense. So there was some drama within and now they are separate. Yes. Okay. So he strangled them both, put their bodies in Diane Mandic's car and left the car and their bodies in the cul-de-sac. But Kate Karen Mandic had told her boyfriend about the potential house sitting job and mentioned Bianchi's name in particular. And police found a note in her apartment with his name on it. Like as like, I, I guess like, his name and like a location to go meet up with him, told her boyfriend, as one should do when you're meeting up a strange man's house. Yes, I mean, that makes sense. I can't, I just, I really can't get over how idiotic this person is to not even attempt to use a fake name. Mm-hmm. I mean. Because yeah, that's, a, it's not a common name. No, it's, it's really not. No. Mm-hmm. So then investigators searched Bianchi's house and found a shit ton of stolen stuff. So they were able to hold him on grand a grand theft while they continued to investigate the double homicide. Washington cops got in touch with LAPD because he still had a California license. And due to these suspicions, detectives from California headed to Washington. I'm not sure about 
the legality of that. But what does it matter if like normally you would bring in the FBI if you cross state lines about something like this, but whatever. It, it was the 70s and he was a suspicious a suspicion of double homicidal killer. So yeah. So fuck uh, him. Who cares if it was legal or not? I don't. Yeah. So this next part is is always going to be weird, but this next part is weird. So Bianchi attempted to defend himself by saying he had multiple personalities. Okay. That's one way to go about it. Yeah. And as we've noted, people with mental health disorders are often the victims rather than perpetrators. He said that he had an alter ego named Steve who killed the victim. Feels like bullshit? Or did he actually? No. It's bullshit. Oh, okay. It was bullshit. It's, okay. it's completely bullshit. Bianchi then tried a plea deal to avoid the death penalty, claiming some guilt in California and Washington, and then agreed to testify against his cousin. So lots and lots of trials, and Bianchi and Buono both received life sentences. So Buono received convictions in the killing of Judy Miller, Lisa Caston, Jane King, uh, Dolores Zapita, Sonia Johnson, Christina Weckler, Lauren Wagner, Kimberly Martin, and Cindy Lee Hudspeth. It's a lot. Yeah. Investigators suspected Bono of participating in the murder of Yolanda Washington, the, the original strangulation. Um, but he wasn't found guilty of that, participating in that murder. Gotcha. There just, Bianchi, like, wasn't enough evidence? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bianchi was guilty and was convicted of the murders of Yolanda Washington, Jane King, Christina Weckler, Kimberly Martin, Cindy Lee Hudspeth, California, and then Karen Mandick and Diane Walter in Washington. September 21st, 2002. So relatively recently. I mean, I say that as if it's not a bunch of years later. But oh, my God. It's 2022. That was literally 20 years ago, my friend. <laughs> Whatever. I still think it's 2000 when I write the date. So whatever. <laughs> um, so Buono died of a heart attack at the Calipatria State Prison. Good. Mm-hmm. As of 2010, Bianchi was denied parole, which is also good. Um, he will be eligible for parole in 2025. Ew. Mm-hmm. That's three years. Mm-hmm. He also married a Louisiana pen pal in 1989. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ladies, stop being pen pals with serial killers. For fuck's sake. Y'all need Jesus. Goddamn horrifying. So places to hear, see, read more. The book that I specifically remember really enjoying, well, as much as one can, is The Two of a Kind, The Hillside Stranglers by Darcy O'Brien. Okay. There's also articles in the Washington Post, like I said, um, CBS News, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, CNN, and um, Serial Murder, Modern Scientific Perspectives, which I believe is like a list of essays that's edited. And that was, Bianchi was discussed in that one. Okay, so I'm going to revisit the the list of the victims. Okay. Just for clarification. Yes. Yolanda Washington was a sex worker who worked on Sunset Boulevard. Judith Miller uh, November 1, 1977, was found moved naked to a residential area. I believe she was the second victim, a sex worker. Um, and ligature marks were found around her neck and other points of her body. Not to get graphic, but it was like five points, like wrists, ankles, neck. Mm, poor girl. Yeah. Alyssa, Lissa Caston was found near the Chevy Chase Country Club, which is the weirdest name I've ever heard for a country club. Chevy um, Chase? Yeah. Isn't that a place? No, it's, I know it's an actor. Uh, he may have been named after the place. 
Oh, or the place wasn't. Maybe there isn't even a place. Maybe I'm just a fucking idiot. <laughs> or maybe it, I don't actually know. I don't that, know. I know there's an actor, but yeah. he wasn't in the 70s, was he? He's old enough to have been alive then. I think he was acting then. Huh. I yeah. I know nothing about pop culture at any point in time, so ignore me. Continue. He was already acting then, but okay. I don't know if it's named after him or vice versa, or if it's just a weird coincidence. Um, she also had the same kind of five-point ligature marks, um, neck, wrists, ankles. She was a dancer at an all-female dance group called the LA Knockers. Oh, <laughs> that's a name. Mm-hmm. She was not a known sex worker or drug user or runaway, but there is still that connection of people said, you know, it's, it's a high risk profession. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was a dancer and she said she met the worst people in her entire life working there. She was only there for a few months, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that killing the slang of her was when they started using their disguises. So Bianchi and Buono followed her home from the group or the club that she worked at, pulled her over into the street, pretending to be police officers, handcuffed her. And so they needed her to, her to take her in for questioning. Mm. Yeah. There was an attempted abduction of Catherine Lore Baker, 24. They intended to abduct and kill her, but found a picture of her with her father, actor Peter Lore, famous for his role of playing, playing Fritz Lang. Never heard of this person, but they were worried that killing a celebrity's child would incite complications. Oh, probably. It was an attempted abduction. So Dolores, Dolly, Sapita, and Sonia Johnson were the 14-year-old and the 12-year-old last seen getting off a bus and getting into a car, reportedly with two men inside. And like I said, they were found by a nine-year-old boy who'd been treasure hunting in a trash heap near Dodger Stadium. He had been what? Treasure hunting in a trash heap near Dodger Stadium. Were people just bored all the time in the 70s? Like, watch a movie. Like, what? Treasure hunted a trash heap. What sane parent lets their nine-year-old do that? And what time was it at? Like during the day? I, I um I think it was during the day. Yeah, that's just um mm. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't let my I wouldn't let my eight year old go play in a trash heap outside of anything. <laughs> like <laughs> no, like no. <laughs> there could be you could get tetanus just looking at a trash heap. Seriously, like uh, no. Yeah, but that's a phrase I never wanted to read with my own two eyes or have to say aloud. But anyway, a trash heap near Dodger Stadium. And they had both been assaulted and strangled. November 20th, uh, 1977, hikers found the naked body of Christina Weckler with the, lig- the same ligature marks we talked about. Bruises and blood were obvious upon infection. Although I, if I were a hiker and saw a dead body, I wouldn't get close enough to look. But they're not me. I would mm-hmm. get close enough to look. I would want to help. Well, she was found naked and not moving. If I was naked and bound up on a hiking trail, I would hope someone would come close enough to see if I'm alive or not. That's fair. Yeah, I would try to help. I understand wanting to call the authorities and not contaminate a crime scene. Yeah, but I would. Sorry, police. I'd rather try to save a life than I mean, I would I, I would see if they were alive or not. Understandable. I hear uh, the, one of the most common things I've heard is someone happens upon a dead body. It's like, oh, it looked like a mannequin. So I got closer. To- it's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Mannequins are usually not in the woods. <laughs> no, no. So in addition to the bruises and blood that were 
this is going to get graphic, that were found upon inspection. She had two puncture wounds in her arm. And according to my research, it was shown that she was injected with Windex. <gasps> what? But why? It's poison and it can probably, um, because it can probably have a sedative, like a sedating effect. Oh, that's the weirdest thing that I've heard. Mm -hmm. That's not a detail I had read in the book, but I did some more like reminder reading for this one, but I hope that's not true, but they're weird enough that it probably is. That's so odd. Mm -hmm. Uh. And I don't know, maybe they had a bunch of chemicals for the upholstery business. Not that you need Windex for an upholstery business, but like to keep the the, the front of the shop clean or. I mean, everyone has Windex. Everyone has Windex, but who has syringes to inject people with it? I do. (laughs) I have cat. I mean, I have animal syringes from the last time my cat needed an IV. So I have extra IV animal needles. I'm real worried for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But I will not be injecting anyone or anything with anything ever. Good. No, I am. Nope, absolutely not. Unless my cat gets sick again, and then I will happily inject as necessary. Fair. Um, November 23, 1977, Evelyn Jane King's, she's 28, body was found. She was an aspiring actress who had gone missing on the, I believe, in the ninth of that month. And she was found in the bushes near the Los Feliz off-ramp of the Golden State Freeway or Golden State Highway. I don't know. Um, I'm not from California. Um, the extent of decomp, decomposition meant that investigators couldn't tell if she'd been assaulted or tortured, but she does seem to have been strangled like the other victims because she'd been missing since the beginning of that month and found at the end of the month, towards the end of the month. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was at this point that authorities created a task force of 30 officers to catch the Hillside Strangler, uh, made up of LAPD, Sheriff's Department, and the Glendale Police Department. Each, I, it's an ultimate irony that these killers disguised as cops, but the cops were creating the task force, whatever. So November 29th, 1977. So they're getting closer together in terms of spree killing. Okay. Um, Lauren Wagner was a business student who lived with her parents in the San Fernando Valley. She was found in the LA Hills with the ligature marks around her neck, wrist, and ankles and had burn marks on her hands, indicating torture before death. Oh, fuck. Her dad had expected her home that evening and started asking like neighbors and people nearby if they'd seen or heard something. They, a neighbor said that she saw two men abduct her, which call the cops if you see someone abducting someone. No shit. And apparently, even at this time as she was being abducted, she yelled, you won't get away with this. Good thing they didn't. What the fuck? What was the bite of the other person not fucking call? I don't know. Like, immediately, if she was tortured before she was killed, then there was still time. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. December 14th, 1977, Kimberly Dan Martin. Oh, there was another sex worker. Kimberly Ann Martin was 17, found naked, showing signs of assault and torture. Her body was found in a deserted lot near Los Angeles City Hall. She had just joined an escort call girl agent. The, the article said call girl agency, but escort agency, sex work agency, because she didn't want to work on the street because she was fearful of the strangler. So she tried to like vet her clients. Oh, still end up getting killed. Bianca and Buono placed a call to that agency from a public library payphone. And she was the one who was dispatched to meet up with them. Mm. I hate it so much. 
The last victim was Cindy Hudspeth and her body was discovered in LA on February 17th. The last was California ones was discovered in LA on February 17th, 1978. And that is the story of the Hillside Stranglers because Bianchi fucked up to Washington. <laughs> yeah, so they so they got caught because the younger Bianchi went up north to Washington and he, and he fucked up. He fucked up massively. Which this is the same guy who did ride-alongs with LAPD and asked about the Hillside Strangler case. Like, something right with that boy. No, he's like the ultimate douche canoe and yeah. not very smart. No, not very smart to speak of. But it, it for a serial killer spree killing, it was such a tor- short time frame with so many victims. That is a really short time frame. How, what was it, like three months, you said? Uh, three, three and a half, roughly. Three and a half. God, that's a really short amount of time for that many victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it the, the last L.A. victim was found in um, February 78, and Yolanda was first killed in November 77. So it was... Jesus. Yeah, it was very short. It was very super short. short. Goodness, good thing they're idiots and got caught really fast. Yeah. Otherwise, that could have been way worse. Not that it wasn't bad, but fuck. Yeah. So that's the tale of the horrible people who are deemed the hillside stranglers. I hope they never get out of jail. Well, well I hope the not. one guy that's left never gets out of jail and he can go fuck himself. I'm surprised he didn't get the death penalty. Yeah, I, I don't even understand how you can be eligible for parole after killing that many people. I think it was because of the plea deal where they, like, gave evidence on each other. And I think maybe the police were like, let's at least solve some crimes. Unlikely he's going to be released on parole. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like a miscarriage of justice if he gets let out. Because someone that kills that many people in a span of three months is uh-huh. not okay to be out again. No, no. In my humble opinion. Yeah, especially with such a brutal type of torture and assault and death. Like, that's, there's usually, for that level of high violence, there's usually high recidivism if you're let out too soon. Yeah, well, and displaying the bodies mm-hmm. like that, I mean, that's fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I, like I said, they can rot in prison mm-hmm. or hell, I don't care which one. Preferably yeah. hell, actually, because then they're not using the taxpayer dollars to live. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a bit. Well, thank you for the story. I I uh-huh. knew less about that than I thought I did. It was a good refresher for me, too. I might go back and re- reread the book. Yeah, I didn't even know what their names were. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was only one of them, so <laughs> big red flag there. <laughs> uh, I do want to note, and this is obvious, the book that I read most recently that my friend lent me from work there is like a section with pictures in the middle so graphic content I mean uh, it's pretty expected these kinds of things but yeah yeah like um crime scene I think crime scene photos and pictures from like news articles these kinds of things oh uh, okay I mean I'll look at them but it's an interesting read and obviously they go way more in depth because it's a full book um but. yeah I mean we can't cover anything and 30 to 45 minutes that is in an entire book so Mm -hmm. yeah my main goal with these kinds of things is not glorifying the killers but honoring the life of the victims so yes yes Mm -hmm. and we might like make light of things sometimes but it's mostly because i'm awkward and i have no other way to react i understand i hear you yeah and also 
I referred to them specifically by their last names because I don't I don't want to humanize them. <laughs> no, nope, they're not. They're they're monsters. Always mention the victim's full name and age if I can find it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. certain, depending on the other cases that I do try to cover, I'm sure age will be hard to find depending on how long ago it happened. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. Well, let's tell the people where they can find us. Okie dokie. Do you want to do the Insta? Oh, yeah. The Insta is dkyd podcast we post there the most so that's true if you want to email us it's dkyd podcast at gmail and we are on facebook not active on facebook but we exist it's there you know someday maybe i'll post i really just need to duplicate my instagram posts and put them on there but oh work yeah and that's the full title of it it's don't kill your darlings on facebook yes exactly and that is just about it i think that's all we have that we are even remotely active on because we don't have a website yet yeah and we can be found on stitcher i i listen to us on spotify (laughs) yeah stitcher spotify itunes iTunes. and anchor.fm if you don't have any of those you can listen directly in the web browser which is nice yeah so we're out there we're doing it we're doing the thing I'm proud of us for doing it so consistently. <laughs> I know. Well, I, you know how I, I, I'm not OCD, but you know how type A personality I am. Like not doing it at the proper time just does not work for me. I hear you. <laughs> Sarah, what do we say to everyone? Stay fresh. Please, bags. Woo, woo. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to Don't Kill Your Darlings. Again, till next time.